You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday. It's going to be a rainy couple of days here in New Orleans as we're getting set for potential hurricane, maybe just tropical depression. Um, so stay safe out there wherever you are, and hopefully you're not down here and you can just stay dry. But we're still coming to you because there's some news going on. It was not a quiet Labor Day for the New Orleans Pelicans with the announcement coming from... Um, um, Shams, Shams, uh, Sharanya, now with The Athletic, uh, that they have signed Tyrone Wallace to a qualifying offer, to an offer sheet. Uh, he is a restricted free agent, so the Clippers can match. We'll dive into all of that in just a moment here. But there was some news towards the end of last week, too, that we didn't get a chance to cover just yet, and that is David West retiring. So I'm going to give you guys my list of all-time Pelicans, Hornets, whatever you want to call it there, New Orleans franchise players, and tell you where David West ranks on that. And then we will talk about and look at some of his numbers here. Does he deserve to have his jersey number retired by New Orleans. I think that's the bigger discussion. I'll let you know what my thought on that one is. So a lot to cover with some free agent news and one guy retiring in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's lead off with the news you all want to know, and that's the Tyrone Wallace news. And it came out that the Pelicans have signed him to a two-year deal. It's going to be at the minimum because that's all that the Pelicans can offer him. And now it's up to the Clippers whether they want to match or not. The Clippers are in a bit of a weird spot, and I think by by all means it appears, just appears as of right now, that they will not match this and let him come to New Orleans, partially because they have 15 guaranteed contracts on the books for next year already. That's not including Pat Beverly's partially guaranteed contract. So all of a sudden now you'd add another guy there, and that likely means at least one, if not two cuts, would be coming for the Clippers, and they've already got a ton of guards there. So I think that's kind of one of the big things that New Orleans is banking on. I've watched a good bit of Tyrone uh, Tyrone Wallace today. Uh, I'm not as high on him as other people are, but then you've got to remember the role he's going to be filling. He's going to be behind Alfred Payton, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, Ian Clark. At best, he's your fifth guard here and a guy who can play on the wing too. So I think that makes it a little bit better. And I think this is why you don't need to really be worried about what he can or can't do particularly well, just that he's capable of doing some things well. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest things here. So in terms of measurables, he's six foot five with a wingspan of right around a little bit over six foot nine. It's better than Drew Holiday's size. So I think that's a big thing here. He does show, look, he shows good lateral quickness. I will give him that. And you see him switch onto three positions out there on the court. At times, he could probably get switched onto a power forward and hold his own as well. I'm not going to call him a good defender like some others are. You're seeing the word versatile being thrown out for this guy. And I made the joke on Twitter yesterday that I think that's a way of saying, well, he's got good size and athleticism, and I want to say something positive about him on the defensive side of the ball where he's actually not very good. You don't want this dude guarding wings, let's be honest here. 
Uh, but then you realize, at best, he's the fifth guard, and you're looking at 10 to 15 minutes a game at the most. Well, then you're not so worried. If you can just be average at everything across the board in that role, that's a big win for the Pelicans. And a number of basically very smart NBA people are very high on him. Uh, Zach Lowe, who I consider to be the best NBA writer out there, really likes him, said as much. And you see a couple of the Clippers guys saying this as well. So that's always a good thing. Robert Flom of Clips Nation over the SB Nation site for the Clippers really felt good about him and called him a key contributor to the Clippers roster last season um, and looks like he was an above average NBA player during that time. Now, that's in 30 games at about 28 and a half minutes per game. It comes to 851 minutes total and that's it. So I don't know if we can really claim anything is certain here with this guy just yet. But certainly the early returns are good. So in those 30 games, you saw out of him 9.7 points per game, 2.4 assists, 3.5 rebounds. He's just kind of an active guy. He's very good on cuts, can find seams in the defense, makes the right move, gets there, gets the ball, and finishes at the rim. That's Ideally, what you want him doing offensively or playing in transition, which a chunk of his offense comes from as well, he is not a good shooter at all. Took three, uh, 8.2 field goal attempts last season, only made 3.7 of them. That's 44.5%. He shot 25% from three last year. Not great. Can't shoot at all. And you've got to wonder if that's really going to improve significantly. He's a 78% uh, free throw shooter. So look, this is a guy who's going to play a 15-minutes game. I think getting a guy with size who can play in transition, that's ideal. And yeah, he shows, he has the tools and the ability to defend multiple positions, let's say, while he hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunity to do it a ton. If you look at his metrics, particularly defensive plus minus, it's in the negative, which means he's below average in that and he's not very good there. That's kind of my taking on it. But if he is just average, I think this is a very good thing for New Orleans. It leaves the rest of their roster in a bit of a weird spot, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That'll be a topic for that on a rainy day here. Um, and Robert Flom tweeting to me earlier in the day said, His biggest offensive weakness is lack of reps and discipline. Given more time, experience, and coaching in the NBA, I think he could be a truly good defensive player. The key is, could be a truly good defensive player. He's not there yet. But again, if you're going to get a guy and bring a guy in to fill this role, at least you want someone that has the tools and the potential to guard three, potentially four positions versus someone who doesn't have that. So from that aspect, I'm excited about it. I like his off-ball movement. I think he can be he can fill in. And then Scott Kushner tweeted about it earlier, which is going to go into something we'll probably cover maybe in the end of the week, whenever you guys really want. We got to dive in deep on Frank Jackson because I know people are going to be higher on Frank Jackson than Tyrone Wallace. Different players, of course, but I think I'm higher on Tyrone Wallace than I am on Frank Jackson. I, I'm hoping Jackson turns out to be an amazing player. He has the tools and shows a lot of what you want in this offense. But again, his sample size is just 13 minutes of summer league, where at least with Wallace, we have 851 minutes in the NBA. Um, and if pretty significant role for the Clippers last year. Now, the question then becomes, do the Clippers match? Again, we don't think they will, but we don't know just yet, so we're going to have to wait on that a little bit, and hopefully we'll get some resolution on that sooner rather than later. 
So before we get to David West, you know it's crunch time for fantasy football, and the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, lets you know what you need to know about ailments to your players. It's going to give you an edge. It's going to help you win your league, get those bragging rights, and that money over your friends. Make sure you listen to Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It's here to help you win your league. All right, so blast from the past. David West retiring after two seasons with the Golden State Warriors, finally getting that NBA ring that he has wanted so, so badly. Um, And really chased a, a long time Uh, throughout his career. This is a guy who spent the first number of years here in New Orleans uh, with the Hornets and spent some time in Oklahoma City too and is a very beloved player. So the question then becomes, does New Orleans retire his number 30 jersey? And I'm just going to say very simply here. The answer is yes, 100%. In a, for a franchise that now doesn't own their past history, the stuff that was in Charlotte, and it's all just New Orleans and on, this is their first draft pick that really had a lasting impact. Remember, it was one year before Chris Paul. A lasting impact with this franchise. And honestly, if he doesn't get hurt at the end of that one season before they go in, the 2010-2011 season going in to that playoff matchup with the Lakers in the first round, the, the Hornets probably win to be honest and it was just unfortunate the timing didn't work out and he got very injured right at the end of the year that was a pretty sad thing but for his career here in New Orleans David West averaged 16.4 points per game 7.3 rebounds to go along with 8.8 blocks game not eight blocks game that would be unreal 0.8 blocks per game and was really the heart and soul of the team. The kind of toughness that they had in those best playoff appearances that they then had. And of course, he made two all-star teams at 07-08 season and 08-09. And then if you look at the New Orleans Pelicans ranks, this is where he he fits on some of these things. He's actually the career leader in terms of games played, 530 Second is Chris Paul with 425. He's got 100 games on him right there, basically. Anthony Davis will finish second next year, hopefully. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx that, with 410. He's the leader in minutes played by about 2,000 over Chris Paul. And then you look at some of the other numbers in terms of points. He's second all-time in New Orleans basketball history in terms of points. Anthony Davis is number one with 9,607. David West is two with 8,690. He's also number two in rebounds behind, of course, Anthony Davis. Davis is 42-34. David West has 38-53. By all measures, he's at the top of these leaderboards in any statistical category that you would expect him to be in. There's not really anyone else on this roster that makes you think he's going to lose that anytime soon, or at least his current position, unless Anthony Davis passes him for something like that. Coincidentally, David West is also number one in terms of field field goals missed in terms of his career. He's missed 3,615 here in New Orleans. We don't need to talk about those things. They're not important whatsoever. He's actually also fifth on assist per uh, assist per game on assist per, for his career with 1042 um odd person to see 
fourth on the list. This shows you how little the history uh, of this franchise there really is, is Gravis Vasquez is 1063. But David West is up there at the top of everything. You saw multiple playoff years with him here in New Orleans. He stood by this franchise throughout a number of different things and only left when he really wanted to try and go win a ring and make the playoffs and have sustained success. That at the time, that New Orleans team was not doing. I think that's okay, and I don't think you're going to fault the guy for that whatsoever. And, you know, frankly, he was a key component of this player. By the way, he did win two rings with the Warriors. I had that wrong, I think. Um, so goes to show you there. Maybe not. i got to take a look at his numbers a little bit again just to be sure. Um, but I think he did win two rings with them. Um, so anyway, besides the point... You know, he went ring chasing. Maybe that tarnishes it a little bit. I don't think anyone's going to look at this and say, well, he, you know, multiple time NBA champion David West when he didn't really contribute a ton to that. But to this New Orleans franchise, absolutely was one of the most important players. And I know a lot of people really liked him more than Chris Paul. That grit and toughness that he brought to this team that you didn't really see and that they've been almost missing since that he, uh, the time he left was a real big thing. He really was the heart and soul of this franchise. And I think maybe not right away, but I think with some time, you would like to try and retire his number 30 uniform. Look, it builds history that way. You can say there's a retired number here. They don't have that. Bobby Phils was retired when they had the history from the then Charlotte Hornets. But now that they gave that history back, his number actually isn't retired anymore. So that's kind of how odd they almost, they didn't quite unretire a number, but a weird little quirk in terms of things with the histories of this team. This way, you build some history. You put some history in there that you didn't have before. And I think that's a good thing. Hold this guy up that everyone remembers as one of their favorite players who was so tough down low, always screaming and one after he scored. And I think that's a very good reason to retire his number 30. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Short one today, but talking about big things. We will see in the next couple of days whether Tyrone Wallace is going to be your newest New Orleans Pelican. We'll see if maybe we do get an announcement about retiring the number or any other moves they want to make because the roster's getting tight now. So we'll talk about that kind of roster crunch they're in, where that's a good thing and where that's a bad thing, and there is a bad thing with it. We'll dive into that one tomorrow on what's hopefully not too rainy of a day here in New Orleans. So get prepped, be safe, of course, and we'll still have podcasts this week as long as we got power and I guess can upload them, which here in New Orleans is never a guarantee. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 